0: and then it kept going to like 120 degrees and everybody that works the rides like freaking out, yelling and screaming. So you're going to die. Yeah, I was going to yeah. die with my with my little sister on there. And we were like, okay, yep, we're fucking done. We're never riding another carnival ride in our fucking lives. It was uh it's the closest I've ever seen, uh, you know, my life flash, you know, in front of my eyes. And I've been in multiple accidents without seatbelts when I was a teenager because I was a dumb fuck. And, yeah,
1: this is by far the scariest thing I've ever experienced. Well, back in 1955, cars didn't go that fast, did they? Oh, yes, they did. I used to have a buddy that
2: I knew a lot, who knew a lot about 1955. I don't know why, though. He was from, like, 1980. Like, he was a teenager in 1985. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Marty! Used to hang out with this gray-haired scientist. Not sure how they became friends.
1: (laughs) And if you're ready for Industrial December 2018, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Is everybody ready to shift the pitch? I am ready to shift yeah. that pitch. and dive into industrial bands. We're doing five this year. Five. Five industrial metal bands. Five in four weeks. Cinco. Don't do the math. Yeah. It's bad math. Yeah,
2: does any band say fuck more than Pitch Shifter? Uh, mindless Self-Indulgence. Well, yeah, but we're not <laughs> talking about that band this week.
0: <laughs>
1: well, Trent you, Reznor. You
2: asked. Yeah, Trent Marilyn Reznor. Marilyn Manson. I don't
1: know, uh, man. El Duce. Uh, the Bloodhound Gang.
2: Gigi Allen. Apparently Joe knows a whole lot about bands that say the F word.
1: Rammstein, when they sing in English. Oh, my. We're not talking about that band this month, are we? I don't even think we have them on the schedule. Thank God. What? I actually kind of like them. All right, Joe, put them on the fucking schedule All for right. next year. I'm okay with it. We'll save that for Dan Decided Not to Show Up Day, whatever day that is. Dan, anytime you guys don't want me to show up, you just let me know. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do Testament that day. (laughs) You would,
2: you (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Just like you guys did System of a Down last time I was gone. Yep. Yeah, well. We'd do it again. I'm here now, so we're doing Pitch Shifter now. Yes, we are. Ain't nothing you guys can do about it. But before we get into Pitch Shifter, I'd like to shout out some people, some very special people, people that listen to our podcast and have made the awesome decision to actually send us money for doing the podcast They are our beloved patrons, Alexander, Jake Barrett, Jeffrey De Los Santos, The Actual Mac, and Zach Barr. You guys are awesome. We appreciate your patronage, and uh, there's going to be some really cool stuff coming down the pipe for you pretty soon. Uh, Another thing that I'm going to announce, but I don't have the actual dates yet for it, we are starting a secondary podcast. It's not anything to worry about. We're not going to stop doing discography discussion. But once a month, we're going to pick a movie. We're going to watch it. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to call it Movie Mosh. Movie Mosh! We're trying to keep it metal. So we're going to try to stick with like fantasy, sci-fi, horror-type movies that have kind of a metal tie-in. We're going to start with Hellraiser, right? I mean, that's pretty damn metal, but... I don't know. <laughs> what about Event Horizon? <laughs> yeah, we could do Event Horizon. We'll have to construct yet another list. See, we are in love with lists over here. We make so many lists every day about shit that doesn't really matter, but some of it
0: matters. Well, at least we don't make them clickbait, and you have to like have like 50 ads on each page. Yeah, that shit just drives me nuts. Well, what's not going to
2: drive us nuts is talking about movies, but one of the cool things that we're going to offer our Patreon subscribers is when we're watching the movie, we're going to have no mics on. So if you're a patron, you'll get to
1: hear us basically commentate over the film itself. I mean, I get to do more work. Dan gets to do more work. Jeff gets to do more work. And we get to watch movies and listen to metal. Jeff
2: gets to drink some coffee.
1: Essentially what we're doing
2: right now. It's going to be once a month. We're just going to throw it on the main feed, just like our regular podcast. So you get five podcasts per month instead of four. And I know there are some months where you get like five weeks. So if it's a five-week month, you'll actually get six. I mean, that's just like
1: bonus change. That's almost as close to a 401k match as we can get for you guys. Before Dan (laughs) starts to fail at math, I want to take some time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, tune-in radio, Stitcher, so if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews.
2: We love five-star reviews on this podcast. How much do we love them? We love them like the length of a piece of highway that just got shut down because something jacked up And the reason that we love them is because it helps us get exposed. Not like we're exposing ourselves to you, but more like a faceless algorithm will expose us to you without us having to do all the work. So if you're looking for a way to help out the podcast and you don't feel like giving us money, really giving us a good review is a really great way to help us out and doesn't cost you anything. And it helps us out exponentially. So uh, keep it running. You You can leave us a review on Facebook can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can listen to us, and it allows you to leave a review. Leave one. We'll read it on the show. It'll
0: be a good time. Oh, I think it's time to read a nice email we got. Ooh, I love nice emails. All right. From Santiago. And he says, hey, guys, I've recently been binging your podcast episodes on my way home, and it has totally changed my mind on some stuff. I really like the way you you don't discriminate between genres and give everything a chance it's just great anyway i wanted to submit industrial gent band tyrant of death this dot does not get that much coverage at all and i think it's pretty great and deserves a listen here's a link to their band camp where everything made by them is posted uh and it's uh if you go into the show notes, you'll be able to, to see the link, because I think we're going to pop it up there. I mean, I'm on board. How about you? Oh, I am, too. I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. The only thing that took me by surprise was, uh, besides that, was how many albums? Wasn't it like 14? 14 albums, yeah. And we downloaded all of them, and we can really thank our patrons for allowing that to happen. We were able to go to Bandcamp and download the whole
2: digital discography, which was really cool, so give us some time to let all that soak in and maybe we might have something to say about it when we're done.
0: Yeah, we will definitely do that and uh, he he had one last thing that he put on there and he said if someone asked me how they would sound I would describe it as Doom 2016 soundtrack like so make that what you will. Still great podcast and love the work you do. Keep it up. Greetings from Argentina.
2: Man, talk about catering a recommendation directly to me i got to say Doom in there somewhere. He won't check it out.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, the so it catered to you on that, and then you listen to the music, and then you realize it's catered to me. Right. And then you find out that Doom 2016 really was for everyone.
2: <laughs> Alrighty. On Facebook, on the episode we did about Sam Hain, got a comment from Mike Newton. He goes, okay, so I dig Danzig. I've listened to a fair amount, but I wouldn't call myself a huge fan. But I know his musical history pretty well. And to be honest, I've never given this band a listen, not once. But here's the beauty about this show. A little over half the stuff you cover, I haven't listened to before. But as soon as the episode is over, I find myself immediately going on a hunt for the band you covered. It's like beautiful advertising and it gets me every time. So I'm looking forward to listening to this episode tonight and then finishing my night off by listening to Sam Hain for the first time. Thanks, guys. It might be your first and last. It quite possibly could, but if he likes Danzig, I mean, it might be okay.
0: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. The third album is just so rough on on Sam Hain. It was hard. It was really hard.
2: (laughs) Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't (laughs) heard it yet,
0: but uh, we had some uh, strong opinions on that one. Yes, we did. It's kind of weird because normally there's almost always dissension in the ranks when we have at least one person have that strong of opinion. It's unusual that uh dan and i are in the same uh in the same group and we were on that one surprisingly well somebody actually said once pretty recently to me they're like if dan and jeff
2: agree about something on an episode it's true (laughs) you know like it's like if they disagree it's a matter of opinion but if they both agree on something it's objectively true at that point
0: i'll take that that helps the ego
2: absolutely you know what else helps my ego pitch shifter tell me about pitch shifter Shifter is an industrial metal band. At least in the beginning, they were an industrial metal band from England. Came out in the early, early 90s. 91, I believe? Yeah, I think so. And their first album is straight up called Industrial. I couldn't have thought of a better way to describe this band, at least in the beginning, other than
1: Industrial. They just went ahead and did it for us isn't the mainstream standard of industrial music nine inch nails absolutely i don't know if it was in 1991 i think
2: uh i think this was still kind of uncharted territory i mean this is when bands like Pitch shifter Godflesh and fear factory you know really started cutting their teeth on this stuff and uh it's definitely not the industrial that we would come to get later
0: even from those bands yeah i think what would have been considered industrial back then would have been like ministry the killing joke nine inch nails and yeah nine inch nails i guess but i the uh killing joke was is probably the the godfathers because i think they started in the early 80s maybe late 70s so that's what that's what industrial was at that time and i think pitch shifter just took that and completely turned it on its head yeah man this is a heavy album (laughs) that's and that's an understatement
2: yeah I'm going to get this out of the way immediately. Um, This is a kind of a doomy, sludgy, slow burn of an album. It's not that long. I think it's only like 30-something minutes long. But it's definitely heavy, distorted guitars, drum machine drumming, which is kind of the most industrial part of it. Um, I don't remember there being a whole lot of, like, keyboard effects or, or like, loops and stuff on this. Um, It basically just sounded like a sludge metal band playing with a drum machine. The vocals were actually much more extreme than I was expecting for a 1991 industrial release called Industrial.
0: Yeah, it's almost like uh, death metal vocals, I'd say.
2: Yeah, and the vocals on this were actually done by uh, Mark Clayton. Clayton, not Clayton. He played bass and lead vocals on this album, but he actually stuck with the band. They actually, two members of the band, uh, Mark Clayton, Clayton and J.S. Clayton, Basically, just switch places. Yeah, they're bro bros. Right? Yeah, as vocalists, I thought that was really interesting because this is the only album that he does, that Mark does vocals on. And I kind of wish that like we'd hear from him more sometimes, like just to add some accents or whatever. Because I think he sounds great on this record, if not a little bit like Ape Man. Uh, the vocals are very tough sounding, like almost death metal, like Jeff was saying. But oh my god, dude, the riffs are so fucking heavy on this record. And they just drone on and on. And that's not a bad thing. The doom metal fan in me was like,
1: yes! There's (laughs) a certain kind of droning that I attribute to the Melvins. And you know it when you hear it. It's the guitar is tuned to some form of drop D and we're just trudging on it. Take that, slow it down, give it a drum machine. That's kind of what this first record sounds like.
2: Yeah, it really does. It is really cool, and I love the way it sounds. And I kept trying to put my finger on it all week as to why I loved it so much. And then the realization that I came to kind of ruined it for me. Dude, this band sounds exactly like Godflesh. And that kind of took some points away because I was like, oh, I don't like it because it's cool and original. I like it because it sounds like this other band. band Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds a lot like Godflesh. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, there's definitely worse bands to sound like. But it definitely put a sour taste in my mouth as far as like, oh, shit, I hope this isn't like a Godflesh cover band. It's kind of like the similarity between Torture Killer and Cannibal Corpse. You know, there's a similarity there. But one's obviously the innovator and the other's the copycat. And so Industrial, while being a really great record, definitely takes a hit in the originality department but I don't think that that makes it unlistenable. Like, I think it still sounds good when I want to hear a pissed off droning sludge fest. I'll put this on. Um, it's not exactly my go-to though. If I want to listen to industrial, do you mean from this band or from any, from any, like if I'm in the mood to listen to the genre
0: of industrial, my answer would be yes. On both cases, this wouldn't be the album I go to for them. And it's, uh in general i don't think uh they'd be my first band that i would grab uh, for industrial what band would you pick jeff for just industrial not industrial metal but just like industrial slash alternative is god lives underwater all day long kidney thieves there's a little
2: bit of god lives underwater in the later yeah pit shifter stuff yeah there is i i had a feeling that you were going to like their later stuff and i did a little bit more a lot more and uh but yeah industrial is a great record i mean i definitely enjoyed listening to it and still do like it's i'm not gonna lie i've been listening to the first album industrial for quite a few years you have the cassette because i've got it on cassette (laughs) yeah i've got that and i've got their ep submit on cassette see i'm not the only old fucker in the room yeah well you know (laughs) I stole him out of Jeff's basement. You probably did. That's where my tapes went. what is this? What is this? Pitch shifter? Okay, I'll take this. Yeah, okay, good. He's not going to know because he's taking a nap. It's like 3 o'clock in the (laughs) afternoon. He's fucking out. If that was today, that would have been a a yes, possibly. The next album, Desensitize, dropped uh, a couple years later. I believe that was in 93. And it's a little bit different than the first album. Most notably, the vocalist is different. I mean, he was still in the band. It's just J.S. Clayton now instead of instead of Mark. And uh, it still kind of has a sludge element to it, but there's a lot more samples and stuff going on. So it's almost like they're moving more into that industrial direction. I don't think it's quite as heavy
0: as industrial was, but it's, it's far more complex. Agreed. I kind of got the, um, like you talked about, that slow burn. It was It was haunting. Uh, and I I like that aspect of it instead of the other you know industrial was more on the brutal side instead of just being haunting so for me I I actually liked this one more because it made me think a little bit more I like the two albums for different reasons industrial is easy to just turn your brain off in my opinion and this one is more like okay let me listen to it a few more times because there's more layers there's more nuance there's more of a story with the music going on here
2: yeah, I get a little bit of an early Mastodon vibe off of it, which is kind of odd. It might just be the vocals. I'm going to lean on the vocals on that one. I hear a little bit of early Mastodon in it, um, like Leviathan-era Mastodon. And uh, we need to do a Mastodon episode. Yeah, we do. But uh, I definitely heard that. And then they've got, like, the neurosis-ish sound clips going on. And uh, I just like the way it sounds. Like, it just it sounds cool. And I think the vocals actually are more fitting of the music. Like, it was pretty smart to do a vocalist change. Especially whenever we get to their later material. Like, Mark would not have cut it
0: on that other stuff. Or it would have sounded really weird. Who knows? We, would have, we might have loved it. Well, I think you would have loved it because I think you like his vocal stylings in general. I do, yeah. I think he could have done that over pop music and you'd been okay with it. Well, yeah, he would have just made it even better. <laughs> pop Goes Death, Volume 4. Oh, God.
2: I'd buy that in a heartbeat.
0: Would you really?
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know how much
0: of a step forward this was for the band, though. No, it was a sidestep, but that's okay. It, it, and it's kind of a sidestep because, you know, it's a, a bit of a it's a change-up. It's, sometimes it's really hard to, you know, when, when you have a change-up like that with vocalists, it, sometimes it's, uh, you know, like a breakthrough. And sometimes it's just, you're like, eh, okay, it's a different vocalist. I mean, it was one of those times where it was like, well, the music's pretty similar to what we got before, just a different vocalist.
2: Yeah. And I think they leaned still too heavily on Godflesh for this. And like, even like, because I mean, even Fear Factory stuff was kind of like this early on, but like, it was more interesting. I kind of feel like this just kind of drones on and on. And I know that there's Pitch Shifter fans out there that are like, no, man, industrial and desensitized, or, you know, desensitized. That's it for them. They're done after that. Really? And I can kind of see why, which we'll it, get to. Yeah. Because there's a certain there's certain types of people. There are Dan's in the world and Jeff's in the world. The Dan's are like all heavy all the time. Don't change anything. The first thing I heard by you was the best thing, and I don't want it to ever change. And then the Jeff's in the world are like, yeah, that's a cool thing that you did, but I kind of wish it was more interesting. And so that's where a lot of these elements come in. Um, and they, they are slowly introducing them. Like uh, there's more... Samples. There's a little bit more synth on here. And the drums sound more pronounced electronic than they did on Industrial. Which is just weird to say. I wish they hadn't called the album that.
0: Well, at the time, they probably felt free to call it whatever the hell they wanted. If somebody called their album that now, or really 10 years ago, they would have gotten a fair amount of heat. Really? Well, yeah, just because, I'm just saying 10 years ago, uh, we were still within the age of, you know, Facebook and and angry, you know, compute, you know, internet trolls and stuff like it's that. It's not industrial. It's post agro
2: synthcore.
0: Yeah, you yeah, see, yeah. Th- th- that's that's why I'm saying that. It's just because uh, you know, angry trolls behind their keyboards smashing away at them. You know, in 1991, there wasn't the internet. The it way sounds it is like now. Godflesh. I like Godflesh, so I like this. It seems people were more
2: like that back then.
0: Yeah, because it, it was harder to get. Uh, you had you have your hands in everything now and you didn't back then so it, you were more um to ex- more likely to accept if two bands sounded the same because that's probably the only unless it's like majorly mainstream that's the only two bands you, you know that sound that way right back then you're like oh i got two great bands to listen to now instead of just one exactly whereas nowadays you're like okay well there's like 50 other bands like them on spotify so fuck that and they and they're so pretentious they're going to call their their album industrial bunch of morons fuck I mean, those guys yeah, yeah i mean but that's 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 kind of what i'm getting at is saying like for the last 10 years that's how people would have approached it if somebody came out sounding like this
1: or within the genre and they called their album industrial that's probably totally. what the reaction would be totally i agree also you notice dan forgot to mention the joes of the world that don't care what you sound like it's good on some day except when it's not then it's really really bad and you need to stop joe you're just too accepting for this podcast you need to get pissed and have controversial opinions. Like I said before, you've been wrong about thrash more than once in your life. I'm trying to get a rise out of him. Yeah,
2: there's there's ways. Unless you want to wake up with Joe hanging from your ceiling, two inches from your face, with eight knives, only three of which you could see. <laughs> you don't want that. Trust me, you don't want that. Sounds like. You're in case you guys ever wonder what happened to Josh, <laughs> Joe told him to put you in the trunk. Oh, he said it'd be the best place.
0: <laughs> Thanks.
2: Yeah, we're kind, oh, of, nice. we're kind of desensitized by that. Uh, Desensitize is a good album. It's a sidestep. It's not amazing, but I still more or less enjoy it. Like I said, I could put Industrial and Desensitize on as one continuous playlist, and it just sounds like one big droning album, and there's a certain appreciation I have for that. I don't think they did anything wrong here. It just wasn't overly innovative or interesting yet. Because it wasn't. But on their next album...
1: Infotainment, hail video drone, long live the new flesh. Oh man, sorry guys, I was thought this was something else. <laughs> infotainment, man. This is
2: where they were like, "Hey guys, I know you guys like to drone." They're like, "Yeah, we like to drone. We like to smoke a lot of pot and like to drone." What, what if we did something that was like more like rock oriented? It's about time for Pitch Shifter to show up, as far as I'm concerned. What do you mean? Yeah, so like, if you signed on to Pitch Shifter. You know, during Deviant or, or pitchshifter.com, this is the actual pitch shifter that you know. It's more rock and roll, but like with a heavy, it's almost got a little bit of a punk vibe to it,
1: but the riffs are still really heavy. It's heavy nine inch nails. It is. It sounds like kind of like ministry for me. Every 90s industrial rock band, and I mean all of them pretty much said, we can do that thing that Trent Reznor does with actual people, and none of them could live up to it. And this is the first record where they are doing their version of that. Whenever he's doing like his um,
0: his clean singing, from here on out, it makes me think of, uh, a voice actor by the name of Cam Clark. If, in- if anybody knows who that is, that's the guy who did um, Leonardo and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, and the English dub version of Akira, uh, he's Kaneda. Kaneda. Sorry, me and my Midwestern hard R <laughs> shit. But Infotainment,
2: I thought was the first really interesting pitch shifter album. I like the I like the bursts of aggression and the more subdued. But it's weird because whereas I said on Desensitized that they started adding industrial elements in. I don't hear as much of that on this record like whoever mixed it was more like we're going to mix a rock record and it kind of goes back and forth throughout their discography where certain releases will sound very industrial and others
0: won't and this was the first one where it sounded a little bit more hard rock a little bit less industrial i i think this is more when it's less industrial metal and more industrial and an alternative rock that could be a little bit more accurate. That's that's really what I got out of this. Uh, and I actually like that that angle because the, in the 90s, I mean, there was a ton of great bands that were in that alternative industrial rock genre, including the one that I, I mentioned earlier that I, I turn to all the time is God Loves Underwater. So many bands. Uh, yeah, there's so many of them. But this is really when they started catching my attention and uh, I really started enjoying it. And it wasn't a – I wasn't the only one because I think after this album is when they got signed to a, 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 a pretty big record label uh, for their next release. Yeah, because they were on Earache before, which is kind of weird
2: because Earache is more your death metal grindcore kind of label. And uh, they definitely had a huge step up.
0: Yeah, I just don't think that um, at that time, you know, unless you had your own label, there wasn't a ton of places –
1: To turn to with it with their style of music that they were putting out, so I was, I mean, I was okay with it. That and it was 96. I kind of already said it. The definition of industrial was rock music with drum machine, fake nine inch nails. Next, it's not really fake nine inch nails, though. This Union Underground, Orgy at times, Power Man 5000, the bands that sound like this, dope, even. It's basically knockoff of what Trent Reznor had been doing by himself. Sorry, I almost threw up when you said dope. <laughs> but uh, I did too.
2: Yeah, I'm a little, It's hard to say out loud. I think Circle of Dust kind of had the same story that Pitch Shifters had so far. They released two albums that are more heavy industrial metal releases. And then when you got to Disengage, it was more like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I think every and it was around the same time. So, I mean, I think Joe's kind of onto something with that
0: that everybody was just trying to emulate that one sound. I am going to be the last one to to complain. It's one of the few times where I will fully admit that I'm okay if somebody gets in the groove and stays in that pocket and doesn't deviate because industrial slash alternative rock is one of my favorite genres of all time. So it's one of the, you know, normally I'm like, yeah, you know, think outside the box, do something crazy, you know, do something new. Here I I could just listen to this shit all day long. Well, it was something new for them, right? But I'm just saying, even if they continue, you know, today, like if if I had a choice, you know, uh, I only had one genre of music to listen to for the rest of my life, it 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 would be a a very tough choice between death metal and industrial slash alternative rock for me. That that was it would probably, and then uh, new wave would come in at third.
2: That would not be a hard choice for me. Zay was not a style, Dan. Sure it is. It's my own style.
1: <laughs> he's like, he's, like, he's like, like,
0: fuck you, dude. I can go straight to one band, let alone one genre. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> saving you money here.
1: <laughs> it's time for PitchShifter.com. Oh, oh dude, man, what, what a, a step great, up. Great, great, great fucking album. This is the record that's on my
2: shelf. It was on Geffen, man. It's got to be good if it's on Geffen, right? I'm being a little sarcastic, but in this case, it's true.
0: Doesn't say uh, no. Actually, this is really good, Dan.
2: You don't need to be facetious. I think it's cool that they had an album called Pitchshifter.com in 1998, because it sounds like such a generic title now. Right. But like back in 98, like that was still kind of like, whoa. What happens if I go on AOL and then 38 minutes later, once I'm signed in and AOL's main page is loaded, I can now go to Pitchshifter.com. Oh my God! I can listen to three-second samples off of this album
0: in 44k. Has uh, anybody been to uh, PitchShifter.com in a while? I don't think they have it anymore. I think it's gone. Uh, It's up, but it's definitely not them in a language I do not understand. But yeah, does everybody go there? Maybe we have a a listener that can decipher what the heck is written on that page because I'm very curious to know what
1: the hell it says. I'm pretty sure you should not recommend people go to a website that we don't know what it is, Jeff. That could be horrible, horrible, (laughs) horrible outcome. As Joe looks at it on the computer. There's some sweet
2: pictures of giraffes on here. Yeah. And like little kids, like hand drawings of little kids, (laughs) not like creepy little kid pictures. We're going to detect language. Oh, God. This might be more disturbing than reading (laughs) Pig Destroyer lyrics.
1: So Google Translate says, <laughs> short stature of a child, it is not a big topic, but it seems that there are many moms who are suffering surprisingly. <laughs> what the actual fuck? When I was born, would it be small, low weight, etc. Will become short stature in the future? There are cases like that. Because both my parents are short, I also worry about the height of a child. Way more punk
2: rock on this one, man. Like, the energy level is off the charts. It's the most energetic they've ever been as a band.
1: I wouldn't call it punk rock, but you're absolutely correct that the energy is punk rock energy.
2: It sounds kind of punkish to me in the guitar and the vocal delivery. Um, The drums, again, are not really real. They're actually kind of generic, if you ask me. But uh, I just like the way this record flows. And, like, those weird vocals that we complained about that John was doing on the earlier stuff,
0: like... It,
2: this is his true calling. This is what he's supposed to sound like.
0: Yeah, they've they've gone straight to you know the alt rock, industrial vibe, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I I think this was so amazing, and still sounded
2: kind of kind of underground because like the lyrics are still very snarky. That's one of the things I like about this era of Pitch Shifter the most is that the lyrics are extremely snarky, and very um, anti media, you know and I think that was the whole point of this was they're reiterating what everybody's been trying to say in the mid to late 90s. Guys, you can't believe everything you see on TV. You can't believe stuff you've read online. That's one that still needs to be reiterated to people. But they're like, the world is not this beautiful place like everybody's trying to make it. And uh, so there's a lot of social commentary in Pitch Shifters lyrics. And I really love the snark. I love the energy. And uh, I just liked all the stupid bleeps and bloops that were all over the record
0: yeah i think these guys uh might have influenced a, a newer band that i was a big fan of Maybe, i think i get it partly from like the artwork and stuff like that and that's inner party system just every time i, I look at the the artwork on both of their their guys's stuff it just makes me think and plus the whole anti-media uh, aspect of it but i love it easy stuff to listen to
1: so easy it's almost like trent reznor did it himself And I listened to a lot of that too. I keep picking on it, but this is the music that wanted to be Nine Inch Nails so bad. This was the time frame when everybody was trying to mimic Trent Reznor. I think I've said it on the podcast before, but Nine Inch Nails actually sounds like music played by robots. Everybody else that tries to do that sounds like they're programming into a computer to make music. It doesn't sound the same. It doesn't feel the same. And I've never figured out why. He brings that analog element to it that where a lot
0: of other uh, bands cannot. That'd be my first guess. But no, you're right. You know, at the at this time, if you were going to be industrial and you wanted to be popular and you wanted to get on a record label, you better sound like Nine Inch Nails because that's massive, massive, massive. You know, draw, made tons of cash. So everybody steps in, you know, do the cut, cash cow. That's why all of a sudden. All the melodic metal core started, you know, sounding all the same because, you know, everybody was looking at it Kill Switch and As I Lay Dying and everybody's like, okay, we gotta sound like them because that's where the money's at. Same thing with industrial. I mean it, it, all all genres of music, all types of music go through fads. I mean, new metal, I mean is a perfect example of something like that. Well, and there's a
2: huge change between their early material and their newer material. But do
0: you feel like this band has ever been original? throughout their career. I think Pitchshifter.com is uh, it's edgier than most of the stuff that was out at the time trying to have that 9-inch nails industrial sound. I think like you said, you know, that I think it's part of that punk attitude. You know, they're very angsty with
1: what they have to say. And I really really like that. It's definitely not original though. I don't hear them doing anything I haven't heard somewhere else. I don't dislike it. Well, Take yourself back to 90, 1998 and would you say still say the same thing? Yes, cuz this sounds like 9-inch nails. My 1998 brain would be asking, is this 9-inch nails or the Union Underground?
2: I would say no. I think in 1998 it would have been more apparent as being unoriginal than it is in 2018. Really? So like when I'm listening to it in 2018, I'm this style of industrial is not popular. So when I hear it it sounds kind of cool and different. But it may not have sounded as cool and different back then. Like I said, this is a a Geffen release. So it had to have been safe enough to a point, you know, in order to get released on a big label like that. Okay. Which is interesting because I think that their next album, Deviant, is even better. Agreed. 2000. And it's weird because this did not sell as well as PitchShifter.com did. This one definitely takes like three shots of alternative rock before we even get started. Like It's very alt-rock, industrial, but again, it's like they're mixing a rock record.
1: Sounds like Silver Chair got a drum machine and decided to try something.
2: I love the lyrics on this album almost more than the music. It's even more snarky, but the songwriting is actually more straight ahead than it was on PitchShifter.com. Like, it's just a more smooth rock record, but all of that attitude is still there. It's almost like the safer song structures are almost like holding the punk attitude back a little bit it's more streamlined but i think it works really well and it sounds a little bit more original to my ears than pitch even even though that was a landmark album for them i think this one's got a little bit of an edge on it
0: yeah this is more uh straight ahead but i I still like it this was probably one of my favorite times in my life too so that might have been part of the reason why I enjoy this style of music, it, it takes me back to a good place. So maybe subconsciously, I, I like pretty much anything from 90s alternative and, and you know industrial. So that might be part of it for me. I, I might be jaded in all my opinions this month just because of wh- how it makes me feel. The, uh, the song As Seen On TV,
2: or is it on, As Seen On Television, As Seen On TV, they didn't really do that before, like play a sample. Like over it like it's narrating the whole song and I thought that that was really cool and was a little disappointed that it wasn't uh, that they didn't continue with that with other songs. Maybe they didn't want to be one-trick ponies
0: but sometimes I like one-trick ponies. You know who that is, right? No. It's Jello from Dead Kennedys. Oh, okay. I was having a lot of fun with it too. That's another band eventually I'd like to... It may not be exactly for this podcast but I definitely love the Dead Kennedys so I'd love to have a I go at them one of these times. I like the uh,
2: ending of S seen on TV when he's like, and on a brighter note, and then it goes right into the song "Everything's Fucked." Yeah, <laughs> that's just oh my god, I love that so much. And like I said, that the second half of this album was more enjoyable for me than the first half. But overall, I think it's I think it's probably their best album um, besides their first one because I really I still really like that first one.
0: Yeah, it's one of the few times that I actually. Pay attention to lyrics, uh, as we were talking about. As you know, Essien on TV is—you don't, don't have to try hard; it's yeah. right in front. Right, right. I think that's part of it. Uh, his voice is kind of nasally and and cuts through the music, so it's really easy to understand what he's saying in most instances. Uh, so it's more memorable. Did anybody I guess, else get a Sum Forty One vibe off of
2: the
1: vocals? No. Not, I already told not you yet. where I went. Oh, I think it sounds a lot like Sum 41 vocally. This sounds a little bit too masculine to be Sum 41.
2: I'm sure it's unintentional, and it is a cosmetic similarity at best. But uh, that's just the vibe I got off of it. I get a lot of it off of the next album, PSI, as well.
1: Is it time for PSI? I think so. Yeah. All right, Dan, get out your copy of Earthbound. (laughs) Right. PSI is a weird record, man.
0: It's really weird because it... I don't dig the, uh, this is probably one of my, probably my least favorite out of all of them. It was most people's least favorite because it was
2: like they were dropped from Geffen at this point because, uh, you know, Deviant didn't do very well. And this one almost sounds like they're trying to go a little bit new metal.
0: Oh, that's exactly why it's probably my least favorite. It's almost like, okay, how can we get back
1: in the good graces? The Hang cover is very new metal. Let me get my wah wah pedal out. All yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> Joe, you got that thing tuned down? Yeah, man, I got it. So let's slow the beat down and uh, do something a little more hip hop. I think this is good. Dan, what do you think? Is this the new Primer 55 record? Do you want it to be? I mean, it, I it, think they want it to it be. It seems like it kind
2: of wants to be that. I didn't enjoy this very much. And I like new metal okay. But like, it's that like halfway new metal stuff where they're still trying to do. Like, they're trying to go in that direction, but they're still pitch shifter. So like, they still sound like they sounded on their last two albums. But I don't know. Like, the riffs are a little bit heavier. The vocal approach is a little bit heavier. But it's like, guys. If you wanted to play heavy shit, I mean, just go back and play the old stuff. Right. You like, know, what why this do you is? have to do what the
1: kids want to hear? This is them trying to beat Linkin Park. Could be. The last record came out in 2000. Hybrid Theory was 99, 2000. We didn't have Meteora yet. It's probably. I don't get much of a Lincoln Park vibe off of it,
2: but it's probably their attempt at trying to get picked up again by another big label.
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's the reason why I think you see those elements in in their music on this album is because they were trying to figure out what can we do to get picked back up by a record label, you know, become relevant, you know, relevant again. And I don't think this
2: worked because in 2002, you can't just start playing new metal. Like maybe in '99, if you had started down that path, you'd be somewhere. But, I mean, at this point, it really doesn't work. And it doesn't really sound like Pitch Shifter either, except, like, vocally it does. But the band just sounds like generic metal core band number three. And I don't like the vocal approach at all. Like, the punk energy's gone, which is what I really liked about the last two records. It's all that, like, slow, broody shit.
0: Yeah, it's all smoothed out, and that's not what works well with his voice, I think.
2: No, not at all. That,
0: that, that edge, like you talk about, you know, having that that punk aspect to it, you know, that angstiness to his voice, that's what fits him well. And it sounds good. And it, it's all gone on this. Yeah, it's like, look at how angsty I am. It's like, yeah, I'm cool and chill and, and then I can get all hopping mad in my Juco jeans and yeah. Yeah, like, no, watch I out for that know. wallet chain flying <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's gonna hit you in the face hey Dan you like the sweet bulldog I got on my ass I mean not really man this kind of music hasn't been cool for like a year now uh, yeah, you need uh, to like get with the times man that it's explains all about, why
1: these shorts were only five
2: bucks it's all about breakdowns now it's all about mixing Swedish death metal with American metalcore or like mixing Swedish death metal with Hatebreed how do we get to sound like that that's all people want to hear now It's 2002, baby. In 2004, this is going to be mainstream. To be continued.
0: Final thoughts on Pitch Shifter, Jeff. I left on a sour note. I was really disappointed uh, with the last release, but everything else uh, I like in in its own element is you know it's kind of like there was three different bands. Uh, You kind of had that doomy, deathy, sludge version of it to begin with, which I know Dan loves. Then we had that alternative, uh, industrial rock vibe in the middle, which was my favorite era. And then they just, you know, tried too hard, I think, to get back into the mainstream and incorporated new metal, uh, a bit. And it just did not work with their style. They're like, we've turned to everyone. And then new metal turns
2: around and says, so you finally come to me. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I'll help you out. Wink, wink. <laughs> out the door. Out of relevance. Yes. Dan, what about you? I think Pitch Shifters are really cool, albeit not original band. That, depending on what you want out of music, I mean, if you really want that heavy shit, just go listen to Godflesh. But there's something to be said about those first two records. They're pretty cool to listen to. Pitchshifter.com and Deviant are cool. But like Jeff said, it's almost a different band. And then PSI, like literally, like is a different band. Like they're unrecognizable by the time you get to that album. I would say if you're into heavy stuff, listen to the first two. If you're into alternative rock, listen to Pittshifter.com and Deviant. And honestly, even if you're not into New Metal, or even if you're into New Metal, I wouldn't listen to PSI. Yep, that one's definitely a pass. Like
1: go listen to Nonpoint or something. If you like Nine Inch Nails rip-off bands from the nineties, four out of the six records by this band are for you. The first two, Industrial and Desensitized, those are for the Sludge fans. For me, I like that sort of thing. So if Pitch Shifter comes on the radio, I'm not going to be upset. Jeff, what's your album of the week? Empty by God Loves Underwater. Dan, what about you? Um, I've been listening to
2: The Key by a band called Nocturnus.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to our listener, I've been listening to Tyrant of Death, Ion Legacy. And it's heavy as fuck. Nice. Jeff, you need to check this out if you haven't done it already. It will happen. I've listened to a little bit, but I definitely need to listen to more. And on that note, this has been episode 93 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit discussmetal.com for all things discography discussion and please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discussmetal. We have some sweet perks.